It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, it's a long weekend. The Combine's a long, fun weekend. Did you survive? I did because, uh, you know, I, I've... I made a point to not have to watch it the moment it came on. That's the key. I think if you're trying to kill yourself to watch it at the moment it came on, you got to find record it, watch it later, find time to do it uh, on your own time because otherwise uh, you are going to be uh, make yourself unhappy and everyone around you. <laughs> All right, let me let me ask you this question because I've been kind of struggling with this over the last couple of days, but what is the best way to take away some of the results of the data from the combine by simply just looking at the numbers at the end of the day, by looking at the drills? How do you how do you combine it? What what's the way to win the combine? As as an observer, I as an observer. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I think I think really the results you, you can just read the results. I, I don't really feel like anyone needs to watch the testing. All right, like it's the testing part, the drills in the field, I actually think are valuable um, because I think you know if you it's it's just the opportunity, and I think people don't you know like count this enough or think about this or not enough, but like the opportunity to see all those guys moving similarly in a row is very valuable, I think, because it just gives you that immediate uh, comparison. You know, and how they're twisting and turning, mm-hmm. especially some of the reaction drills for defensive players. Uh, I think those are valuable. I find the, um, I mean, if the idea is to discover what kind of you know athlete these guys are, I find the uh, the kick slide drills for the offensive linemen to be very valuable. It just kind of helps show me, just unedited and raw, like the the hip flex that's that's going on with those guys. So, uh, really, you know, in general, my general way of tacking the the combine is you you have an idea of what these players are based on the tape you've seen uh and then the you know the 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 the, the results kind of provide a different angle on what your thought process is and if, if they give you a different set of information than once your head then you go back and try to you know reconcile that if it confirms what you see if you see a guy who wins with quickness and he runs a sub seven uh, three cone drill then you then you kind of there you go that makes the the, the data kind of correlates with with what you see on tape uh, uh but I think otherwise, if you see something that doesn't make sense, or uh, if you uh, are feel that a, a, a player wins with a certain type of athleticism, and that athleticism isn't bared out in this testing, then I think you kind of go back and take a look and see, you know, it, it, was I misguided in, in what where his athleticism is at? Is this a problem where? 
He's playing a lower level of competition, so he just looks faster than everybody else. I, I think, especially for right. lower level guys, like guys that are coming out of non, you know, top level of college football, I, I think the testing is is very important, or at least it's helpful because what it does is it provides context that you don't usually get from playing uh, a lesser competition. You don't know how those guys are going to run, but if you've got a, a running back who is testing similarly athletic athletically to the Division One guys and he's dominating those guys, well, that makes sense, right? That that adds up, and then now you know that he has that type of athleticism to kind of take that next step. Yeah, for me, I, I like watching the, the forty. It's it's just kind of fun. It's more entertainment value for me. Uh, for the on-field drills, there's just a couple that I pay attention to. Uh, the kick slide for the offensive tackles. Uh, I, I like to see how the defensive linemen move, and I want to see how the cornerbacks flip their hips. Other than that. I don't watch too much of that because I don't want to be influenced too much one way or the other. Sometimes that kind of stuff can kind of get in the way. I remember Jihad Ward a couple of years ago hit the bags really hard, and I got all excited about that and probably had him ranked a little too high. So sometimes that stuff can be a little noisy. So uh, I try not to put too much emphasis on that. Uh, today I want to talk about some of the winners and the losers of the Combine. And let's start with the winners. Uh, who was your biggest winner from this uh, this week? Man, the biggest winner. I mean, uh, individually, that's that's tough because I think that some so many people kind of helped themselves. And and really, you know, the winners. I mean, I guess the guys that are the winners, I guess, are the ones who, you know, they come, they came into the process. You, you don't really view the guys that you expect to be good athletes and then go out and test well as winners, right? It's it's as really winners. just confirming yeah, like what you what you saw. So I would say to me. Uh, the guy that steps out immediately is Chase Winovich. Um, you know, I mean, mm. I, I just feel like because I didn't, uh, you know, I've watched his tape a little bit, right? Because you, you, he plays on Michigan. I've seen a couple of Michigan games this year. Obviously, I knew who Rashad Gary was, um, and and this guy, you know, keeps popping up. Like whenever you watch him, like whenever you watch Michigan, this guy keeps kind of showing up, and he and he. And he's a hard worker. He seems like an effort guy, right? He seems like a a, a try hard guy who's just going to be constantly going after you, going after you, going after you. And, and so you, you assumed that he would kind of come in here and test like a you know, kind of very middling left defensive end, base end. You know, mm-hmm. like he's bigger. He's you know, so you 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 weren't necessarily expecting. Oh, he's bigger. You know, he's six. Three, he's six three, but he's like almost two sixty. You know, uh, and so you expect him to kind of just be, uh, you know, closer to uh, just like an yeah, average, athlete. closer to an average athlete than than that. And he comes out here and runs a four five nine at two fifty, which is fine. But then he, you know, the broad jumps and the, and the six nine four three cone drill. You know, to me, those are numbers that like that means that he has a, a kind of a skill set that is replicable i think in the next level and i i i I, he's he's someone that has become a little bit more of an interesting guy to me uh than i guess he was going into into the this whole process because you know you to me i sort of dismissed a lot of his production stuff with uh you know him playing opposite of of uh, of, of Rashawn, Rashawn Gary, Gary and just yep. the defensive and all that, but I, I do think that he came in here and, and really put on a show and uh, and showed that. Uh, you know, I mean, he's not the only one, but again, against expectations, uh, this is a guy who kind of stood out because he was not what I expected. Yeah, we'll have to talk about him a little bit further because I think he can give you some value as a pass rusher. But 
Would it be that crazy to think of him as maybe a Sam linebacker in the NFL? You know, a guy who on first down plays that role and then you could kick him down to defensive end, uh, you know, on pass rushing downs. I mean, you look at his size, very comparable to Shea McClellan as a, as a linebacker. And you look at, you know, some of the change of direction skills. Uh, I guess I wouldn't put him past him being able to to make plays there. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think for sure he's gonna he's gonna have an issue going into the league if he's not going to a three four team as like a an outside linebacker. I think I think right. for a four three team you're looking at sort of an Anthony Barr. I mean, he's not Anthony Barr. Like he's they're different athletes. He's not. But that I, kind think, of I think I think I yeah. think his skill set or at least where you would use him in a four three could be very similar. You know, uh, like you mentioned, a, a, a guy that he has the athleticism to play linebacker on you know early downs uh, and, and and kind of be a, a an on the line linebacker. And then, like you said, you know, reducing down, putting his hand on the ground, and being kind of a, a pass rusher, a bookend pass rusher. Uh, yeah, I think that there is some value there for a guy like that. Probably too rich for the the Cowboys pick at fifty eight, but he probably is going to go around that spot. I would I would imagine just because of his production and his athleticism. All right, let's talk about a couple more winners. Uh, we've got quite a list, but uh, the first guy I want to talk about is Paris Campbell, the wide receiver from Ohio Ohio State. Uh, came in at about six foot tall, two hundred and five pounds. Ran a four three one with a forty inch vertical, a hundred thirty five inch broad jump, and a four zero three twenty yard shuttle. Just one of the best athletes uh, from the wide receiver position we saw this week. Uh, what did you think of Campbell's weekend? Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's hard not to get the comparisons of uh, of uh, who's the the Ohio State kid that came uh, the Percy Harvin. Yeah, Percy Harvin's a Florida guy, but I, I, view, I mean, it's all Urban Meyer, that Urban Meyer right. spot, right? That, that Braxton Miller played, that, uh, you know, all these guys seem to, I think Curtis Samuel played it for a little while as well before he yep. came out. Uh, I think this is just the next in the line of that kind of utility H-back player that Urban Meyer likes to use in his offense. Um, I you know I like this guy a lot. I mean I, I think the Cowboys could really use a player with this kind of skill set. Um, you know he's like a, a younger t- you know kind of Tavon Austin but bigger. I think. I mean he's he's significantly yeah, bigger. I mean, yeah, two hundred five pounds. I mean I think this guy could serve in a, in a variety of uh, uh, functions for you. I mean whether it's a uh, you know we talked about the kind of a, a wide receiver. I mean I think he could probably go in there and play uh, in the slot for you if you needed. Um, I, I think that. Uh, you know he's someone that could take a, 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 a reverse and 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 you know do a, some a lot of just he did a lot he's of he's got some experience as a running back as well yeah. so that's that's all good stuff for him you know developing long term also think, kick returner yeah has some experience as a punt returner in high school go I ahead mean, no it's, but uh, all these the kind of utility guy that that has speed that you can put in different spots I think get him the ball he's good with the ball in his hands uh, I think what he did is he came out here and proved that he is that kind of elite athlete that you want to try to find a way to get the ball uh, in a creative offensive coordinator will do so and I think hopefully uh, we can find a, a spot for him on this on this team if he's available and, and, and get him. I, I like Paris Campbell a lot before the draft uh, but now that he came out and kind of blew it up and, and, and kind of confirmed a lot of that athleticism uh, it's it, it, he's he's an enticing option I think for the Cowboys. Yeah, I think I think the hope is he could be like a Percy Harvin yeah. type of player in the NFL. You do a little bit of everything for you. Maybe he develops into a Randall Cobb, more of a defined slot receiver, but a good weekend from Paris Campbell. Uh, Landon, give me another player that you thought had a good weekend at Indianapolis. 
Well, I think that uh, we talked a little bit about the the day that Dillard had the uh, offensive lineman from uh, Washington, the offensive tackle from Washington, and he came out and kind of blew away uh, the competition in a way that I don't know that a lot of people uh, expected Andre Dillard to come in here and do. Uh, I think there was some thoughts that he would be a, a great athlete and, and that he would come in here and test well, but I think you know specifically in the ones that we uh, the, the the drills that we like to watch his you know his ten split was great. Uh, he dominated the twenty yard shuttle, which is usually a major indicator for success at the next level uh, for offensive linemen. Um, I, I, to me, as a guy who likes offensive line play in general, I haven't had a chance to watch his tape yet. Um, but I, I think there is uh, there just watching his shuttle, watching you know his uh, his his the way he moved in the drills. Uh, Andre Dillard uh, put on quite a show, and I came away quite impressed. And I'm excited to watch his tape now. Uh, I, I've I've seen his tape, and I really I really liked that. I thought he was one of the best. Uh, one of the best guys in the in the draft that with his kick slide, he was just yeah. so smooth and effortless. Uh, I, I think he's going to be a guy that all of a sudden rises up draft boards. If you need a left tackle who has some incredible athleticism, who maybe needs to get a little bit stronger, uh, I think you can see Dillard potentially go in the top twenty. Uh, one of the guys, one more le- offensive guys I want to talk about, uh, Emmanuel Hall, the wide receiver from Missouri, uh, arguably the best deep threat in this class. Uh, he came into the week with a, a little bit of a, a hernia issue, so he didn't do any of the drills, didn't do any of the uh, shuttle testing, but still ran in the 4.39 uh, for his 40-yard dash, a 43.5-inch vertical, 141-inch broad jump at six foot two, 200 pounds. I think that's a guy that could be a, a legit second-round pick that could make plays down the field. When you combine his production and his athleticism, there's a lot to like about Emmanuel Hall. Yeah, I, 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 we're going to talk about him a little bit later because he was one of the guys that you had me uh, watch tape on. And, and uh, i got to say, just after watching a couple games on him, none of none of what he did was surprising, sh- short of finding no. out that he uh, had a, a, hernia, a potential sports hernia and was able to still do that. That was surprising. Um, um, but this is a guy who uh, is clearly, you know, a a deep threat, a guy that you want to get behind defenses, who has that kind of speed, clearly to uh, get behind uh, teams, and, and you know, when you combine that with his height and uh, you know his uh, explosion off the line of scrimmage, uh, it's it's pretty clear. Uh, that he has that that kind of that all this testing again confirmed what you see on tape. Now, I will say this: it was probably pretty telling that he didn't do any of the agility drills because I think that he is kind of one of those guys who, you know, likely is more of a straight line athlete, and that's fine. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like that's that's, that's that that's really there's value in that for sure. There's teams in here that want a taller, you know, guy who can get behind defenses and, and, and can, you know, jump and, and, and get the ball. I mean, obviously, th- that's a whole sub-genre of, of, D- of uh, wide receiver. Uh, but I think that, you know, the, the fact that he didn't run the three-cone, the fact that he didn't run the shuttle, uh, those are, are indications that this that's not really where his game is at. His game is uh, send him down the field, send him in, uh, you know, it's on a deep post, uh, nine routes, those stops, those are the kind of things where I think you're going to get the most out of an Emmanuel Hall, and he's going to stretch a defense out for you if he's on the field, uh, and then he's going to allow you a, a lot of room to operate underneath. 
That that's why he's going to be a, a second round pick rather than a first yeah. round pick is because he's just not he's just not one of those guys that's going to run uh, a ton of in breaking routes. But that's okay. You're getting a complimentary receiver who can make plays down the field in the second round. All right, let's finish up with two defensive linemen that I thought had fantastic days. Uh, Jerry Tillery from Notre Dame and Wendell Wren from Arizona State. Uh, both guys, they're a little bit different. Tillery's a three technique. Wren is a one technique. Uh, both had great days. What did you see on uh, either one of those guys? Well, Rendell Wren, Rendell Wren was, was a guy who uh, I haven't had a ton of chance to look at yet. Um, but, I in, I mean, obviously being from the uh, alma mater of our good friend, uh, uh, John Oning. Uh, I, I assumed yeah. that John was going to uh, uh, let me know uh, about this guy as a defensive lineman and and, and an alumni from Arizona State. Um, you know the thing is, is that he's so big, like you know, six five three eighteen. Uh, you know, big, powerful brand, basically a five flat forty. Um, uh, yeah, and that's pretty impressive for someone that large. The only thing that wasn't, you know blowing blowing me away i guess would be you know some of the agility stuff but it still wasn't you know terrible for a guy that's basically 320 pounds so uh, um i thought that he kind of showed some things to me i I mean i guess really the, the 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 question i have is you know where where do you see a guy like this playing because i guess he's a would be a uh a three technique i guess he, I mean, obviously he'd be a defensive tackle for this team, but but like he's probably a combination, right? He probably is a one technique on. I mean, I don't know. I he's three hundred and eighteen pounds at six foot five. That's huge. That's probably a one technique though in Rod Marinelli's scheme. Yeah, right? I mean that's it's tough because I I feel like I mean with his athleticism, I mean. I mean the broad jump, the explosion stuff, like that stuff seems to be there. He's got a decent vertical, not a great vertical, uh, but he is very kind of stiff. So I, I do wonder if maybe, you know, yeah, one technique, three technique. I don't, I don't really know how much he's going to provide uh, as a pass rusher, especially right away uh, for the Cowboys. But I feel like he, he did have a really good day. I, I tend to think that he's going to be a really great five technique. Um, so Mm. I I don't know. I mean, that, that, that may end up being the case and maybe, and again, like, I think a lot of this, it shouldn't, it should not like, you know, seal these guys fate, but I think a lot of what's helpful here is, um, kind of figuring out, you know where these guys athletic profiles fit positional wise overall so um yeah i i think uh, uh i i think that ren's ren is a, a good player for a five technique i i now just kind of question how much of a fit he will be for the cowboys all right and let's talk really quickly about tillery because he's one of yeah. my favorite players in the draft uh came in at six foot and a, six foot six and a half 295 pounds uh, 34-inch arms, ran a 4.93 uh, with a 115-inch broad jump, a 20-yard shuttle, a 4.33, three-cone of 7.45, so uh, pretty good for a defensive tackle. Uh, one of my favorite things is to go on mock draftable and look at some of the closest comparisons in athleticism. Uh, pretty good comps. Gerald McCoy, Leonard Williams, Eric Armstead, and Malik McDowell. So 
Uh, just a fantastic athlete with some really good production at Notre Dame. What did you see from Killer? Yeah, I mean he's he's an interesting athlete, right? Because he's very tall. He's almost six seven. He's not, you know, he's six six and mm-hmm. a half. He's not even six, just six six. And and you know some of these guys you talked about like McCoy and uh, I can't remember about. Leonard Williams, Leonard Williams, Armstead. Yeah, uh, yeah, all those guys are I mean, big. Ar- Armstead, they're different, but like, and w- Leonard Williams is, I mean, six five, and Malik McDowell is just barely six six. McCoy is six four. Uh, you know, so the, he's still got an inch and a half on all these guys, uh, and, and I think he's got you know decent arm length for his height. Uh, and he's big, big hands. He's explosive. I mean, that that part is is for sure. I mean, he, he's ninety five percentile for uh, broad jump. Uh, de- you said you mentioned decent. Uh, I I think decent three cone for a guy that's that's going to be playing inside for sure. Uh, the oh, the question really becomes, yeah, like I mean, what what. If he comes in, is he a three technique? I mean, is he, he to me, I think that's where he plays for the Cowboys. Uh, does he have kind of the requisite flexibility to play uh, uh, inside full time at, at that height? Uh, that's, that's, that's I mean, the production is there, obviously, and you've seen it on tape a, a little bit. So uh, I, I'm a, I'm excited. I mean, everything that seems to be I hear negative about this guy is that he's what smart. Like I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't really. He likes, he likes to, to read. read. I don't know. Yeah. Like, sounds like he's an okay guy to me. I, I, I'm pretty sure Byron Jones probably likes to read, and he's smart. Um, I know Amari Cooper likes yeah. to read, and he's very so, smart. Yeah, I guess I, I like Tillery a lot, and I think he came in and did exactly. He was one of the few defensive tackles I feel like that came in and did what he had to do, uh, and 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 really. Uh, you know, kind of put on not not put on a show, but like you know, at least came in and performed as as advertised uh, at the combine and, and just kind of checked all the boxes. All right, we talked enough about winners. Let's talk about some losers, uh, and I, let's start with you know a guy that we really liked, Isaac Nada. Did not have a good day. Um, maybe one of the most disappointing days of anybody at the combine. Um, I thought this is a guy that could potentially be, you know, a third or fourth round pick. Did not test well. Six foot three, 244 pounds, ran a 49140. Vertical jump of just 28 inches, a, a three cone of 7.45. Uh, for at three sigma athlete, he tested in, I think it was the seventh percentile for all tight ends. Uh, he just might not be an NFL athlete. So, what happened to Isaac Nott? I don't know. I mean his 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 tape doesn't play like that, and, and we didn't mention Draymond Jones so much, but it's it's a lot of a similar, similar situation with him where it's not even just that he didn't make the thresholds; it's shocking. Like I mean, just especially compared to what how bad some yeah, of stuff. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, I think for a, a lot of people, they're going to be going back and, and checking the tape on that because I, you know it's really those are ones that it's not even just ugh. You, you hoped he would do this and that. I'm shocked by both of these players' results. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of having to go back and see exactly what's uh, what's going on there. You mentioned Draymond Jones, and he was a guy that we talked about early early this offseason. It was a potential candidate for the Cowboys at 58. Uh, six foot three, 281 pounds. Uh, a little light to be a defensive tackle in Rodney Arenelli's scheme, but we've seen that kind of player work before. We thought he was going to be a great athlete, did not test as one, ran a 5'1240. Uh, just a vertical jump of 31 inches, 110 inch broad jump. The worst number, though, his three cone of 771. Yeah. For a guy that was that small, that's awfully concerning. So 
I mean, we don't want to overreact too much here, but with those numbers, Draymond Jones can't be in consideration for 58 anymore. Well, the problem is, is that, you know, with again, it's all about context. And the context here is that this guy's supposed to be a great athlete. You know, like that, that he's right. going to be 280 pounds and so fast that you you can't block him. I mean, that's that's the whole thing about getting an undersized defensive tackle is that you want a guy that is going to come out there and you know blow it up and 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 have that kind of athleticism to overcome his undersized uh, uh, frame. So, yeah, I, I I feel like the issue is that how do you get a, how do you draft an undersized tackle who's not a good athlete like. <sighs> You I mean, that's really, that's really tough. And again, especially when you con- suddenly you're able to contextualize his production as being, uh, you know, next to uh, next to uh, 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 Nick Boza, and I mean, I mean, not only Nick Boza. I mean, there's a whole Chase Young, all these the guys are all come out top, next year, you know, yep. four and five star recruits. So suddenly, you know, it's it's his evaluation kind of falls apart. You know, and so you you need to go back and really watch him a a, t- a lot, you know, because it's it's tough, and, and and that's that. I mean, again, when you have a player whose game is based based off athleticism, wins with athleticism, you're hoping to see athleticism here, and and when you don't, it's you really got to go back to the drawing board. Uh, we talked about Isaac Nada just a little bit ago. Uh, let's talk about another Georgia player, Riley Ridley. <laughs> I don't know what was going on at Georgia, but none of those guys tested well between Elijah Holyfield running a 4-8, Isaac Nada not doing very well, uh, Riley Ridley we're going to talk about here in a second, DeAndre Baker ran in the 4-5-5s. Uh, those guys just didn't do very well. Um, you know, Maybe that's something once they get to their, their pro day, they'll p- perform better. Riley Ridley is going to have to because he did not have a good get- day. Came in at six foot one. 199 pounds. Uh, his size is good. I, you, you like to see his uh, big hands at 10 and a quarter inch. But ran a 4.58 40 yard dash. Had a, just a 30 inch vertical. Uh, three cone of 7.22. Uh, there was already questions surrounding him with his production, uh, his age. Now you combine it with his lack of athleticism. There's a lot to be concerned about, but what did you see from Riley Ridley? Uh, obviously, I don't hate the Ridley family the way you do, um, so I don't have. <laughs> I don't hate the Ridley. So family. I don't have that that prejudice there. Uh, I told Calvin that in a DM actually on Saturday night because he was wondering I why bet I hate he, them. I, I bet said, he was. Uh, you know, look, I, I think here's the thing with Ridley is that you watched the tape, you knew that you weren't getting a, a great athlete. I think that you go and you were hoping what that he would test, you know, just average athleticism, and that's right. the issue is that he didn't really even test that. Um, he's a technique player. I mean, you, you go watch him, and and you know, he's it's a lot about technique with him and the finer points of running of running routes and all the other parts of of a wide receiver. I feel like he has a good grasp on. But you're right. I think there's it's difficult because of his athleticism. Georgia clearly needs to drive to Mississippi, go to Ole Miss, and kidnap the Ole Miss strength and conditioning coach and bring him back to Georgia because uh, it's very I true. don't know what happened with the Ole Miss's strength and conditioning, and I don't know what happened with Georgia's strength and conditioning, but they were not on the same page as far as quality. Um, so Yeah, they were significantly yeah, different. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I, I'm actually ready to drug test the Ole Miss miss uh, strength coach at this point <laughs> um so yeah i think that you know the, the georgia in general struggled with that ridley struggled with his testing it's scary because he you know he you were hoping for at least you know meeting threshold level of athleticism and that didn't quite happen uh, 
yeah, I guess the question now becomes where do you draft a guy like this? He, he doesn't have great production. I'm willing to dismiss that because Georgia had a lot of people that they were giving the ball to. Uh, so I'm I, I'm not dismissive, but I can look past that. But what I can't look past is sure, all of sure. the things that are combined into a below-average package. And, and now it's hard not to listen to your argument that he's being artificially uh, pushed up by uh, the, the fact that his last name is Ridley. I'll save some of my thoughts for Riley Ridley for a later podcast because we're going to be talking some more about some of these outside receivers. But I want to move on to a couple of defensive ends. Uh, LJ Collier from uh, TCU uh, had some buzz coming into the week. I think uh, I think it was Bucky Brooks on NFL.com mocked him inside the first round to the Raiders at pick 27. Somebody that I know, some of the guys in Dallas like a lot, did not have a good day. Came in at six foot two, 283 pounds. Which that's a weird frame, anyways. We don't see that kind of frame very often. Uh, just, then just did not test well. Ran a four nine one forty, a three cone again of seven seven one. That puts him in the third percentile of all defensive ends. A four seven eight twenty yard shuttle again, third percentile. Uh, now you're wondering, is he a defensive end in the NFL, or is he going to have to add some weight and uh, become a, a defensive tackle? Yeah, to me, uh, I mean, I thought that just watching very little of this. I mean, I trust John more than anybody else when it comes to the edge stuff, and he was thinking that he was a a defensive end. I I mean, I just see a defensive tackle when I watch him on tape, but I definitely trust John's eyes more than that than mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's the other part of the problem is that I, he sure can't play defensive end. If he's that, got this level of of bend issue, and the problem is that I don't believe seven seven one is, I don't know that that's indicative of of him. Like I, I don't think that that's a good. It could just it be could a have been day. a bad day. It, it, if we but, see if we see him run like a seven one at his at his pro day, then we'll know something was wrong. But here's the other side of that: is that you know his tape did seem to present the idea that that you know bend could be an issue. So like this, I mean, mm-hmm. I just didn't think it was this much of an issue. I don't know, man. Like I, Collier, like he I, he needs more ex- examination because I feel like both him and Draymond Jones, it just doesn't seem to add up. Like it doesn't make sense there. Uh, Collier tested so bad that I I almost have to see what his pro mm-hmm. day numbers coming at because I don't really believe he's that bad of an athlete. And if he is, if if, if things don't get significantly better. I'm not sure what well, you do with him in the uh, NFL because because as a t- defensive tackle, he's undersized but still only an average athlete for that. See, position. I, here's what here's my concern here is that like I don't really like both of these guys. Neither one of them, like uh, Draymond Jones, straight up should have been a great a good athlete. Not even just uh, like absolutely. Uh, Collier is like it's not even like I was sitting there going, well, L- LJC probably isn't going to blow up the combine, but we're going to ignore, you know, those stats. Like I expected him to at least come in and, you know, give us some average athleticism. Right. Like I didn't, Absolutely. I didn't think he would come in and, and, and I, I wasn't prepping myself saying, okay, just ignore the numbers. We know this guy's good. Right. Like I assumed he would come in and, and, and be okay. Not, not blow the combine away, but I mean, he seems to have enough athleticism to play the edge pretty well at 280 pounds. So, uh, you know, I've assumed that he was a pretty decent athlete. This clearly shows something different. So, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm nervous. Uh, the last guy I want to talk about is Klein Farrell from uh, Clemson. Uh, a super productive over the course of his career uh, with the Tigers, but came in the combine at 6'4", 264, did not run a 40-yard dash despite being healthy. 
that makes you nervous because what what is he hiding? He did the three cone and the 20 yard shuttle, both a little bit less than average. Uh, you know, we didn't see a ton of him, but I was hoping to see more. The, my biggest concern here with him, you look at the athleticism and you look at the production, it reminds me of Kevin Dodd, who came out a couple of years ago from Clemson. You know, those type of players that, you know, have the solid production, but not great athleticism from big schools like that. I get a little bit nervous. So any last thoughts on uh, Klein Farrell's day before we, we head Yeah, out? he scares me a little bit too. I think he has elite second and third steps in his pass rush. I mean, I think he, that's where he's winning. And it's like he really understands how to change the speed and how to get around the corner. And that, that there's a lot of technical knowledge there. But the athleticism like that is not, you know, not measured athleticism scares me. And, and in general, as you know, like I in general have a tough time parsing these non you know threshold meeting defensive ends so they're very very difficult for me to parse and i think for most people and even people like john that are really really good at this stuff so to me i'm just out on those guys because i it's like it's like qb it's like i don't if i don't have to do it i don't want to do it like it's it's too difficult right, so right. uh yeah I, I i don't envy anyone that's having to try to figure out that situation and even his production in college, I mean, it was okay. It wasn't great. He averaged 1.33 tackles for a loss in college. Like, that's less than Chase Winovich or Ja'Kai Polite. It's kind of in that range of Taco Charlton and Bud Dupree, those type of players. So when you when you don't even have the elite athleticism and only average production, uh, I get nervous. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow the Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys next time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild. Or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.